Fantastic. Such a privilege to share with you on a, such a special day, on Father's Day. And uh, I want to just talk, I've titled my message, The Best is Next. And my reading is from John chapter 2. You've got it in your notes there and probably on the screen. And it just goes like this. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine had gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, uh, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 liters. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. The master of the banquet tasted the wine, that, the water that had been turned into wine, and he did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana and Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. And every time I uh, read this story, I'm reminded of a time when I was with the national leadership team in uh, Waitangi celebrating 200 years of the gospel. And we're out at a restaurant having a, an evening meal and the prime minister, uh, John Key, walked in with a couple of his staff and sat at a table just around the corner from us. And so we thought, you know, what can we do to bless our Prime Minister? And so we asked for permission to be able to buy a bottle of wine for his table. And so they arranged it all, and, and we did that. And um, he came around after the meal and chatted with us. He knew about Elam and commented particularly on the school and, and the great work that Elam was doing uh, through the country, it was just a you know really great connection. But when I was in church on the following Sunday, I was told the story slightly differently. I said how we bought the Prime Minister a bottle of water. But by the time it landed on the table, it had turned into Pinot Noir. So I think people were impressed, but, uh, but it wasn't quite literal. You know, the reality is this. It's easy to become satisfied with where we are at in life. And especially when we've experienced God's favor, you know, he's blessed us, he's protected us, he's opened doors of opportunity. And we can start thinking that we've seen our best days. And some people even talk about, you know, the good old days, which is just nonsense. You know, those days in the past are never as good as these ones in the future that lies in front of you. God doesn't do his greatest blessings in our past. He does it in our future. And you need to get ready because the best is next. In Proverbs 4, it says this, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter till the full light of day. You know, it's like we walk with God and he expands what he has for us, our sphere of influence and ministry. What God has in front of you is more fulfilling and rewarding than anything you've accomplished in the past. 
they tell us that just before dawn, you've got to be up to see it, I suppose, is uh, it can be, night can be at its darkest at that time. And sometimes, you know, before you see more than enough, there are seasons of not having enough. Your attitude and the downtimes are really important. Circumstances may not have turned out the way you were believing for. You know, your business may be going through a downtime. The promotion you were believing for might have been given to somebody else, or there's a health issue that you're facing, or a relationship breakup, and you're left wondering, what's wrong? You know, where are God's promises now? When things are unfair, or people are working against you at work, or someone is turning friends against you, you can start to think that your best days are in the past, and I may just need to accept things the way that they are now. But I want to say this morning, no, that's not right. Often, you know, when doors seem to be closing and things working against us, it can actually be God working in the background, stirring things up, changing things, because he wants to take us into something new, and he can't do that until you let go of the old. And so it's trusting him in those situations. If he didn't close those doors, you wouldn't see the fullness of your destiny through the new doors. You may not like the process. It can be uncomfortable. You're doing the right thing, but the wrong thing's happening. You're working hard, but you're not seeing increase. You're putting God first, but he just seems so distant. And it doesn't make sense to us. And thoughts will start to tell you, your own thoughts will start to tell you it's never going to get any better. You know, don't believe those lies. That disappointment, the breakup, the slow season, it won't stop what God has for you. It's getting you in position for favor that's in front of you. And I want to challenge you today to live in expectancy for what God has for you. It's really important to understand that whatever you're facing, God's plans for you are still good. There is still a hope and a future lying in front of you. When we look at the life of Joseph, what an incredible young man, you know, 17 years of age. He's the favorite of uh, the father's 11 sons. Uh, he's, uh, he's very gifted. He's talented. God is working through his life. There was so much happening for him, but the very fact that God was working through his life created a jealousy from his other brothers. And you know the story of Joseph. They sold him as a slave, and uh, he was taken to Egypt, and Potiphar bought him, took him in as a household servant. In, in Potiphar's household, Joseph worked hard, and he stood out. In fact, in Genesis 39, verse 23, it says, all of the time that he was in Egypt, it says, the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. And so he, wrote, he got promoted. He was made the household manager for Potiphar. He was living right next door to the palace. You could say his future was absolutely assured. But then he was cheated on again by Potiphar's wife. And taken from there, he was thrown into prison through no fault of his own. Not a great way for success, you might really say. But through it all, you know, Joseph knew that God is good, that God had his hand upon his life. The dream still was in front of him, and he trusted God in the situation. 
He never lost that reality that the next is best. And he lived every day honoring God. You know, your attitude will determine your altitude in life. And, the, and so for many years, you know, Joseph was in prison, 13 years in all. After 11 years, the Pharaoh's butler and baker were thrown into prison with him. And Joseph uh, interpreted dreams for them. The last thing he said to the butler was, you know, when you get back to the palace, remember me. He said, I've been wrongly accused and I've, I shouldn't be in this place. But when the butler got back to the palace, he forgot all about Joseph just thought about himself and his own position. It was another two long years before Pharaoh had his dreams. And then the butler remembered. And in one day, you know, Joseph was taken from the prison. They cleaned him up. They dressed him. They brought him into Pharaoh. And it was Pharaoh who appointed him as like the prime minister over the whole land with only Pharaoh having more power than Joseph did. You know, as he looked back over his life later, after his brothers had come down and several years had gone by, and they were gathered, brothers were getting worried about whether Joseph would still look after them. And um, Joseph called them together and said this to him, because looking back, he could see God's hand through everything. And he said to his brothers, he said, you guys, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And Joseph made a huge difference to the world of his day. You know, like Joseph, for some of you, you might find that people are working against you. You know, when it's like that, don't fight every battle that comes along or every disagreement that happens. If people start going against you, look up. You know, look to God, trust him, and ask him. He can work out what's happening in other people's lives better than you can. And if you trust him, he will make the way straight for you like he did for Joseph. You know, Jesus is at the wedding celebration, and they run, they've run out of wine. And so he replaces the wine. And like the master of the ceremony said, and, and said to the bridegroom, said, everyone serves the best wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Now, I want you to notice from this just how God works. If they had not run out of the good wine, now the wine they had was good. Nobody was complaining about the quality of the wine. It was good wine. Nobody was complaining about it. But if they hadn't run out of that, they would never have tasted the best. So you might feel like you're running out of opportunities or you're running out of favor or you're running out of resources to make ends meet or your relationship has lost its spark. Something is wrong. You're not sure where to turn next. What used to work isn't working anymore. You know, this is similar to what these people were facing running out of wine. And this may sound odd, but I want to say this morning that you are in a good place. You know, when you come to an end of yourself and your own resources, God steps in. Look at the first of the Beatitudes. Jesus said this. He said, blessed are, those, are the poor in spirit, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look how the message translation uh, says that. I really love this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. The thing is, when God steps in, it's all the resources of heaven come towards you and the favor towards you. When you're running out of options and don't have any more wine, God shows up and gives you the best wine. It's more than you can imagine. Greater influence, more favor, blessings increase. You're going to look back and say, as that hosted, you have saved the best till now. You know, King David faced all sorts of challenges like, like Joseph did. And uh, in his own family and, and from people outside, there were good times, but there were some really, really hard times. But you read the Psalms and you pick up the heart of King David. You know, he said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I want you to picture this as I picture it. You know, there's two angels on my shoulders, one on each side, walking behind me. One's called goodness and the other's called mercy. And they follow me all the days of my life. If you've got goodness and mercy hanging around you, I tell you what's going to change your circumstances. It's going to work in your favor. It's the blessing of God and nothing can stop that goodness and that blessing of God that comes upon your life. David said in Psalm 27, he said, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You see, he not only prayed and believed, but he took it a step further. He was looking for God's favor in every situation. You know, if you feel that your wine has run out, now's the time to get an agreement with God for his favor. When you go through disappointment, and we all do, you've had a bad break. You know, instead of just being discouraged and going down to it, dig your heels in. You know, you, the medical report may not look good, but I'm not worried because I know healing is chasing me down. Business may be slow, but I'm not discouraged. I know opportunity will come. Sales will come in. Ideas, good breaks, they are coming. My child might be taken down the wrong path right now, but it's only temporary. You know, there's a turnaround coming, and it's coming soon. You think about this, you know, the wine. and The wine being replaced was an amazing miracle. And, but if Jesus had just replaced the wine with the same quality of wine as what had been there before, it would still be an amazing miracle. It would be, you know, every, nobody was complaining about how good the wine was. It was just the fact that they'd run out. So if he'd replaced it with the same quality, nobody would have complained. And we would have still been telling a, the same story, but we'll tell the story differently. What we would be saying is we know that God can replace things. God can renew things. God can restore what's been taken from us. But God didn't do that. God gave the best wine next. Why did he do that? He did that because that's his nature. You know, that's how God is. God's nature is always to do better. It's always to give more. It's always to release 
an increase of favor around your life. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You know, when you get to my stage in life, one of the good things is you can look back over your life and, and you see patterns, some patterns you wish you didn't see, but then you see other ones and you see how God has worked in different situations. And one, one of the things in, in my life, like I, I left school at 15 and worked a variety of jobs, especially in the early years, but just one of the, the patterns for me, and, and not everyone's the same, but for me, I was never a week without work. You know, always I left one job and, and I'd start another one. And often I'd get a job before I left the job I was already doing. And, uh, there, but there was just, it just happened that right through my life, there's never been a week without I had some form of employment. And even a ministry was the same from one church going to another church, we would leave it and, and, and take over another position in the different churches that we were in. But 10 years ago, uh, we were leading the Hamilton Church, and uh, one of our spiritual sons was feeling, felt he had a call to Hamilton. And so Maggie and I and God had to talk about it all, and we felt, yeah, this, this was the right thing. So it's time for us to step down from leading the church and we didn't have another church to go to. And so our conversation with God was different to all the other conversations we've had because all the other ones, it was very clear where we were going and we had to make those decisions. But this time, we felt we had the choice to make. And so we talked with God. We, you know, we were both from Auckland. We wanted to come back to Auckland. We had family here and just where we wanted to be anyway. And uh, I love the beach, and um, so I, I'd lived in, on the west coast, you know, with the wild surf, and uh, two of the places where we lived, I lived in Dunedin, where the beaches are beautiful, but you can't swim in the water, because it's freezing. And then I, we lived right next door to the Waikato River, which apparently we drink the water, could you believe it, but you wouldn't swim in it. And, um, and so... You know, I, I just said to God, you know, we want to be near a beach in the east coast of, of Auckland. We bought the place at Arkles Bay, and uh, we moved in there. You know, we loved our season there. It's a fantastic uh, place and a fantastic time. And so we decided, okay, we're going to live uh, in Arkles Bay, and what we're going to do is we're going to travel down to City Elam because we didn't have a church to go to, and so we're going to travel down to City Elam and support Pastor Tim and Karen in whatever way they wanted us to do. We weren't looking for a job. It was just a matter of coming to church and being a part of the church fellowship uh, as you do. And uh, so anyway, it came the first Sunday. We moved in on about Thursday. We, and on the Sunday, we come to the morning service. And then when the notices were being given, Pastor Selwyn Jackson, the, he was the assistant pastor at that time, and the missions pastor for the campus churches uh, stood up and said that he was leaving because he's going to uh, take over a church in West Auckland. And we knew Selwyn well and knew that was a dream of his. And uh, that was really awesome. Didn't think anything more about it. And I uh, went home on Monday morning. I got a phone call from Pastor Luke Bro, who's a senior pastor of the churches. And he said, look, would you come to my office uh, tomorrow? And I'm, I'm sort of thinking, gosh, I only went to church once. <laughs> kind of caused too much trouble. 
And, uh, but anyway, I, I went out there on the Tuesday and, and Pastor Luke offered me a part-time job here in the, the church here. And uh, the interesting thing was, he said, I want you to support Pastor Tim and Karen. I didn't say, well, we were going to actually do that anyway without... The elders don't listen, but <laughs> but um, but it was it was just amazing, and and the thing it just hit me straight away, you know. Here again, it was like not a week gone by, and God has turned things around. Not that we were looking for that, but He was just simply showing us and leading us and guiding us. You know, with God, you can trust Him that the best is next. And you might say to me, "Well, Pastor, that's all right. The best is next. What about?" The best is next after that. Well, I'm glad you asked me that. Because after 12 months with Pastor Tim and Karen, who are a great couple, they were called back to uh, Botany Campus. And guess who was sent into here? Pastor Mike and Liz. Isn't that awesome? I tell you, these guys are like our spiritual kids, and, and we just love them, love them to bits. But, you know, it's not just that we love them as our kids. This guy has an amazing teaching and preaching ministry. He's the best that we have in Elam, and I could sit here any time and listen to his ministry. And you might say, well, okay, so that's the best is next. What about the best is next again? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. Because you see, it never actually stops. Jesus' disciples, they were at the wedding, saw the first miracle, saw all the other ministry of Jesus for three and a half years, Jesus started to talk to them and say, listen, guys, I'm going to go back to the Father and I'll leave you here. They got really wondering and upset about how to handle that. And this is what Jesus said to them. He said, listen, guys, probably said that. That's just my editor. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And he said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. See, the reality is in life, you can trust God. You believe in God, Jesus said, believe also in me. He says he watches over our life and guides us and leads us in every part of our life here. But when we go to leave here, it's not, it's not a downgrade, it's an upgrade. It's not a demotion, it's a promotion. You know, heaven's a real place. And being assured of your destiny through this life and the life to come is really important for all of us. How can we be sure that God watches over us in this life? How can we be sure He will watch over us in the transition? The Bible simply says to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and ask Him to come into your life, and that assurance is yours. I'm going to close in a prayer, and I'm going to pray a prayer of like accepting Christ as your Lord. And you know, if you want to pray that prayer just silently to yourself, but you mean it in your heart, then the opportunity is there to do that. For others of you here, I know what I've been sharing today has been important for some of you. And, uh, and I'll include you in a prayer 
But I also want to say that at the end, if you want to come forward for prayer, we have a team here who would love to pray with you and stand with you and believe for breakthrough in your circumstance. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I ask you to come into my life right now. Lord, make me the person that you want me to be. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray for every person here. Lord God, you've been speaking to some about decisions, about where they find themselves. Lord, I thank you that there's no one here who is just alone because, Lord, you are with them. Your goodness and your mercy is touching them right now. And Lord, I pray for your favor to be with each one. In Jesus' name, amen.